0: kinda came out on the good side of it, but but still it's awfully cold. But warm in here, huh? Everything going okay with everybody? Doing okay? All right. Well let's get into the word of God and let it warm us up. What do you what do you say? Let's go to Matthew the first chapter. Matthew the first chapter. You know with Christmas approaching we typically talk about the birth of Jesus and certainly that's good and And that's what we're going to do today. But typically when you talk about uh, the birth of Jesus, you know, you're talking about the angelic announcement to the Virgin Mary or to Joseph or the journey to Bethlehem, you know, where there's no room in the inn or you're talking about, you know, the angelic appearance to the shepherds or the baby Jesus being born wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger Or the star, you know, and the visit of the wise men. And that's typically what you talk about with with Christmas, and that's good, and we've done that so much. But today I want to talk about something that is usually overlooked. and, And I want to talk today about the black sheep of Christmas. The black sheep of Christmas. The what? The black sheep. Have you ever heard of the black sheep of Christmas? Well, we're going to talk about the black sheep of Christmas here today. If it wasn't for them... We wouldn't have Christmas. Let's talk about them. Now, first of all, black sheep. You know, when, have you ever heard of the black sheep of the family? You ever hear about that? You know, do you know what that means? Yes. You know, someone who does not fit in with the rest of the family and considered to be an embarrassment to the family, the black sheep. How many of you have some black sheep in your family? How many of you are the black sheep of the family, are <laughs> You remember on the Munsters? Do you all remember? How many remembers the Munsters? Remember they were all like, you know, Frankenstein and Dracula and the Bride of Frankenstein. Then who was a black sheep of their family? Do you remember? It was Marilyn Munster. You know, she was so beautiful. Could have been the beauty queen. Remember that? That's before most people's time, I guess. But, but the black sheep, she was a black sheep of the family, but she was the one that looked normal. But... um so we want to talk about that today the black sheep of Christmas you know in in Matthew 1 we're going to read here in a moment we find the genealogy of Jesus that's his lineage of birth or his family tree and in his genealogy we find numerous men but also we find four women who could be considered black sheep as we'll see in a moment And so the black sheep of Jesus' family tree here. Now let's read here in Matthew 1, uh, verse 1. It says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Are you there? Matthew 1, verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Then Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah. notice, by Tamar. Now that's a female, that's a female listed here. And then Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram, and Ram begot Amminadab, and Amminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon Nashon begot Solomon. And Solomon begot Boaz, notice, by Rahab, the second woman listed. And then Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, a third woman listed, then Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king, David the king begot Solomon, by, notice, by her who had been the wife of Uriah, does anybody know who that is? Bathsheba, That's Bathsheba. wow, so not counting, and you could read on and go through all the begats, but you would find that that there's four women listed among this list of men not counting the virgin Mary who is listed in verse 16 we we didn't read that far but four women mentioned among all these men Tamar in verse 3 Rahab and Ruth in verse 5 Bathsheba in verse 6 now she was given by description only as the wife of Uriah her name was not given but but it's clearly her and it you need to realize without these four women we would not have Christmas because they're ancestors of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came down, you know, as it pertains to the natural, you know, he was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. And as it pertains to the manward side of him, if it wasn't for these women, you know, and there were other women, of course, but why did the Holy Spirit have Matthew list, list these four? Let's talk about these four women and see why they could be considered black sheep and why God used them in Jesus' lineage. Now, you need to realize it was not customary in those days for women to be included in the listing of a genealogy. It just wasn't common. And actually, at the time Matthew wrote his gospel account at the direction of the Holy Spirit, women had no legal rights and were merely considered property of their fathers or husbands. So there's a reason why the Holy Spirit put these four women in there. But but before we get to that, why would they be considered black sheep? Why? Now, here's why. Let's go through them. Tamar. First of all, Tamar, she married one of Judah's sons, who then died, leaving her childless. She married his brother, as was the custom of the day. He too died, leaving her childless. And in the process of time, Tamar, not wanting to be denied, now listen to this, not wanting to be denied the family name and inheritance, she posed as a prostitute and lured her father-in-law into a sexual encounter. And as a result, as you trace it on down through the genealogies, Jesus eventually came out of that through Tamar, but Tamar posed as a prostitute and lured her father-in-law into to a sexual encounter. Think about that in Jesus' family tree, there's a prostitute. Wow. I mean, that's a, that would be considered a, a black sheep of the family. Is that right? And now Rahab. Well, Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. Is that right? Wow. A prostitute in Jericho. Is that right? So without Rahab, we, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have Jesus. Is that a black sheep? that be considered black sheep? And then Ruth... Now think about Ruth. She was a Moabite. Now the Moabites were despised and outcast people. They were despised and outcast. They were not, now listen, they were not allowed in the assembly of the Lord. And their origin, the Moabites came about due to incest. When Lot's two daughters got him drunk and became pregnant by him. That's Ruth. She was a Moabite, an outcast. But yet without Ruth, we wouldn't have Jesus. Black sheep. And then finally, Bathsheba. Now remember Bathsheba. She was bathing. Is that right? Minding her own business, not doing anything wrong. But then David, the king, looked over and saw her and had an adulterous affair with her is that is that correct remember that and so you have an adulteress and without which we wouldn't have gotten to Jesus i mean bathsheba an adulteress having an adulterous affair would that be considered a black sheep now, I know that if you looked at the men in the list of, of the genealogy of Jesus, you could see some black sheep there, right? But why did he include, why did the Lord include these four women? Why, I mean, a prostitute, a prostitute, someone whose origin came about by incest and an outcast and an adulteress. The Holy Spirit through Matthew made no attempt to cover any of these women's lives up or hide it in any way from us. Now, the Holy Spirit could have just omitted them from the list in that genealogy and especially due to the custom of the day when women were basically ignored anyway, no one would have known the difference. But the Holy Spirit went out of his way to include these women in this list of men, thus drawing more attention to them. So there's something here that he wants us to know, and it's also interesting that the Holy Spirit did not include other women in the list, other than than Mary, who had far greater pedigrees, you know what I mean by that, such as Sarah, Rebecca, or Leah, he could have included them, he didn't, he chose a prostitute, a prostitute, A Moabite and an adulteress. Why would God use such women? All who could be considered black sheep in the lineage of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Well, let's go back up through the list. Let's start with Bathsheba. Now, you need to know something about Bathsheba. She did not remain an adulteress. Isn't it good that we can change? Is it good that we can repent? How many of you are glad we can repent? How many of you, there's something in your past that you're ashamed of, but you repented of it? Is anybody glad about that besides me? Well, she did not remain an adulteress. Bathsheba did not. As you look into her life and study her life out, Jewish tradition says that Solomon wrote Proverbs 31 Based on her life. As a tribute to her. And does anybody know what Proverbs 31. Basically talks about. The virtuous woman. So Bathsheba though. She was an adulteress at one point. She changed from that. Again aren't you glad we can change. And she. Became a virtuous woman. Now. Now. With Ruth, though an outcast as a Moabite, as you look at her life, she showed love and unshakable loyalty and displayed her allegiance to not only her mother in law, Naomi, but also to the God of heaven. And this is seen in her response to Naomi when Naomi at one point said, To Ruth, she said, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Ruth, you go back with her. And listen what Ruth said back to Naomi. She said, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And the God of Naomi was the God of heaven. And so Ruth had an elite, though a Moabite, though an outcast." She had an allegiance to the God of Heaven, and so, though a Moabite, you know, isn't it good that 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 isn't it good that we're that that our that that our future is not determined by who our parents or grandparents are? Thank God for them, but you know, you know, perhaps you know you you, you know like a Moabite that was just a bad thing to be a Moabite but she showed allegiance to God and was committed to God and so then God used her now that's Tamar and Ruth but with Rahab why why would God use her she was a prostitute but again she didn't remain one isn't that wonderful She was a prostitute, but she didn't remain one. And as you study the New Testament on Rahab, it's clear that she placed her faith in God as the Bible declares of her in the book of James and in the book of Hebrews, that she became a person who had living, active faith in Almighty God. So though she was a prostitute, at some point there was a change in her life and she placed her faith in in the Lord and uh and she changed and God was able to use her in fact she's listed in the hall of fame of faith in the book of hebrews how many of you'd like to be in that list you know so she was a prostitute but she changed she was a black sheep but she changed but you know with tamar As I studied and I looked into her life, I had a difficult time finding any redeeming qualities for her in the Bible. We found some redeeming qualities for Bathsheba, a virtuous woman, for Ruth, dedicated herself to God to to stand for him, Rahab, we see that she became a person of faith, but Tamar I had a difficult time finding any redeeming qualities for her in the Bible. But what I did find was this, was that when she gave birth, she had an adulterous, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 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 not a, it was adulterous I'm sure, but she posed as a prostitute and had had sex with her father-in-law and that was wrong and that wasn't good and all of that. But she gave birth to twins, and it's interesting, the Bible says this, when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand, so the midwife took a scarlet thread, real loud with everything, say scarlet thread, took a scarlet thread and tied it on his wrist and said, this one came out first. Now, I can't find any redeeming qualities about Tamar, but I do find in her life that there was a birth and there was also the mention of a scarlet thread. Now, whenever you see the scarlet thread mentioned, it's symbolic of the blood covenant. It's symbolic of the blood covenant and it's symbolic of salvation. In fact, if you remember in the life of Rahab, remember when the spies came in, remember that? And they were spying out Jericho, and and before they overtook Jericho, they sent spies. And remember, Rahab hid the spies, is that right? And and the Bible said that was an act of faith and all of that. But they also remember what Joshua said, he said... said, uh, I believe it was Joshua's one of one of them anyway. He what did he say? He said, "Put a, uh, the spy said, put a scarlet thread in your window, and when we come in to take Jericho, we'll spare you and everybody that's in your house." You see, and so that scarlet thread is a, a symbol of the blood covenant. And uh, it's symbolic of salvation. And everybody who was in Rahab's house, they were saved when the Israelites came in and and took, uh, took Jericho. And so we see that same thing with Tamar. I can't find any redeeming qualities about her, but what I can find is I can find a birth and I can find the mention of a scarlet thread which has to do with the blood. And so no redeeming qualities, but a birth, and the blood. Perhaps you're sitting here today, and maybe you're like me. Maybe there's not a lot of redeeming qualities about you, but we have one thing going for us. We have the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? And that that birth and that blood overcomes any unredeeming qualities that you and I may have. Can you say amen to that? We should be excited about that. No redeeming qualities in Tamar that I can find, but you have a birth and you have the blood. And I'm so glad for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the answer, ultimate answer in my opinion as to why God would use any of these so-called black sheep in the lineage, in the lineage of Jesus is to show all of us that though we, like Tamar, may have no redeeming qualities, his mercy is great, and as a result of the birth of his son Jesus, and through his shed blood on the cross, we can all be found worthy to become part of the family of Almighty God. Can you say amen to that? Now, I want to read a couple of scriptures with you that go right along with with this and then we'll close. Let's go to Ephesians 2.11. And I'm gonna read this in the New Living Translation so it'll be on the screen for you up there. Ephesians 2.11, New Living Translation. Don't forget that you Gentiles, and it'll be on the screen, used to be outsiders. Isn't it good that we used to be outsiders? You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were poor, who, who were proud "...of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, realize say, but now, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus... Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. And that's like those black sheep that we talked about, those women. They were one time far away from the Lord, but they got back with him and got with him. Notice verse 14, for Christ himself has brought peace to us he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in Himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of His death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought This good news of peace to you Gentiles who were who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near see both the Gentiles and the Jews need Jesus. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us so though a black sheep you can be washed in the blood of Jesus and be acceptable to God. And then I want you to look at First Corinthians 6 verse 9. First Corinthians 6 verse 9, notice this. And these are three of my most favorite verses in all of the Bible. And it pertains to these black sheep that we read about. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. It pertains to you and me. This pertains to all of us. I get excited when I read these next three verses. Notice First Corinthians 6, 9. This is in the, in the New King James. First Corinthians 6, 9. Notice what the Bible says. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. Well, that would take in those people on that list we talked about, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And perhaps you could find yourself at one point in that list. Let's read it again. Do you not know, verse 9, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. But here's where I get excited. And such were some of you. Notice, such were some of you, 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 doesn't mean you are now, but such were some of you, but, realize, I'll say but. but. Oh, I'm so glad for the buts of the Bible, you know it. And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And I say amen to that, praise God. No matter what you were, no matter what you weren't, no matter how big of a black sheep you you were at one point, or maybe are today, you can... Place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood will go into operation and he'll wash sin completely away from you. He'll make you a new creation in him. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things will become new. You won't be a black sheep anymore, but you'll be accepted, acceptable to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And you'll be found worthy to be put into the family of almighty God. Can you say amen? Amen. And such were some of you, but you're washed. But you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And if there's one thing that you and I ought to be excited about above everything else, it's that we have the blood of Jesus that washes sin away from us. Don't ever get yourself to a point where you're not excited about that anymore. Did you hear what I just said? Because if it wasn't for that, you and I, our hot little hides, would be headed for hell. Did you hear what I just said? I said, our hot little hides, all of us, no matter how good you think you are, how many of you know we're not saved by works, we're saved by, we're not saved by works, we're saved by, we're not saved by works, we're saved by, and if it wasn't for the blood of the Lord Jesus, all of us would be headed for a devil's hell, but oh, I'm so glad that Jesus, there was a birth, and there was a scarlet thread, there was a shedding of blood, and as a result, place our faith in Jesus, we miss hell, we make heaven, Is that wonderful? How many of you are glad for the black sheep of Christmas? How many of you are glad that the Holy Spirit pointed those out to us? Amen. Gives us all hope that if God can use them, He can use you and me. Is that right? As as bad as their lives were, as outcast as they were, He used them.